Hey, Next on the Teen Nation, thanks for tuning in to this segment of the show featuring our resident director of instruction, Tom Patry. And thank you all so much for your support. The show is now ranked number two on the Podcast Magazine Hot 50 list for the month of July. So we've been right there at number two for June and July. I can't thank you all enough for your votes. You can do so daily by going online to podcastmagazine.com forward slash hot 50. Enjoy the segment. And folks, this segment of the show is brought to you by TaylorMade. Golf is an interesting game because the better you hit the ball, the fewer shots you have to hit. That means the better you hit the ball, the less golf you actually have to play. That's why TaylorMade made the all-new Stealth Irons. TaylorMade Stealth Irons feature a cap-back design with a 3D toe wrap designed to help deliver increased distance through the bag and more forgiveness on those occasional, or maybe not so occasional, less-than-perfect shots. The result? Better shots more often. So if you're the kind of golfer who wants to play less golf more often, try the all-new Stealth Irons from TaylorMade, Beyond Driven. Okay, my first guest tonight is our resident director of instruction, Tom Patry. If you want to take your game to the next level this summer, folks, go see Tom at Farmington Country Club up in Charlottesville, Virginia. So if you're in the Virginia, West Virginia, or D.C. areas, just a short drive to go meet Tom over there. If you can't go see him in person, download the V1 video app and send him videos of your golf swing. He can help get you dialed in through that app. Please check out his website, TomPatry.com, and give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram at TomPatryGolf. Don't forget to subscribe to his YouTube channel, where you can watch nearly 150 free video playing lessons. Tom is also a member of the Titleist Advisory Board, and it always does my heart good to have him with me on Next on the T. TP, how are you, my friend? Oh, boy, I'm pretty much <laughs> TP, how are you, my friend? I'm good, pal. How you doing, Chrissy? What's going on? Uh, Number two on the podcast. It's unbelievable. You guys are rocking. You're the best. It's un- it's incredible. Very blessed. Yeah, very blessed. Couldn't be more thankful. Unbelievable. And it's all because of great guests like you, Tom. Incredible. Incredible stuff. <laughs> Indeed. Tom, I got to get um, the live golf conversation out of the way tonight. And since we last spoke, We've seen Brooks Kepka officially join them. Carlos Ortiz went that way. We hear Paul Casey is on his way to live. And then whispers in the wind, little rumors, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Victor Hovland, one of those guys, all of those guys could be next. If that were to happen, Tom, we'd have eight of the top 30 over on the live, what, the live tour, I guess you'd say. If that happens, where do we go from here, Tom? Is Jay Monahan going to try to do something if he if he digs his heels in, and Greg Norman remains steadfast that he wants to crush the PGA Tour? Well, I just I just don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm as a fan, I just you know sit back and get your popcorn to watch what happens. But I'm starting to get a little concerned that boy, a lot of guys are heading over there. It seems like a steady stream of one or two a week. I'm going to go back to this thing I say to you every time we talk about this. And you can talk about the money. You can talk about the poor way, the poor way the PGA Tour has handled. I think they have handled it very poorly. You can talk about, you know, whether you like or dislike Greg Norman and his tactics. You can talk about a lot of things. It goes back to one thing for me, Chris. It's always going to go back to one thing for me, Saudi. And do you want to get in bed with the Saudi? So if that's who you want to get in bed with, that's who you want to hang with. That's what you're okay looking away from and, and overlooking the things that they've done and represent. 
then then go ahead and do that. I mean, if, if that's what is, and I think JT JT made the best comment of all times. He just wants to say somebody. One of you guys just stand up and say what it really is. I went for one thing. It's a money grab. That's all it is. I went for the money. I didn't go because it's going to better golf. I didn't go because it's a better tour. I didn't go because it's a greater opportunity to play great golf or it's it's an incre- they have incredible sights or anything like that. It's a money grab. And if that's what you're all about, and that's who you are, and you want to take money from the Saudis, have at it. Now, as far as Xander Schauffele and Patrick Cantley are concerned and Victor Hovland, Hovland's been rumored for you know a number of weeks now. It's amazing to me, and you, I think you saw it, because I saw it, the comments that Fred Couples made about Mickelson and the Live Tour this past week, and I, and I give Freddie a lot of credit for standing up and saying what he said. But my understanding is that Cantley and Freddie have become good friends, and 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 now what's going to happen? Like the comments he made about Mickelson, I don't care if I ever talk to him again or play golf with him again. Does this whole thing create an incredible divide among great friends who have played tournament golf together for God knows how long? And and what does it do to relationships that are that are you know important relationships in the within the golf world? It's it's ugly on every front. Just it's just absolutely ugly on every front. So let's make it ugly on yet another front because as we've seen <laughs> over the last few days, right? Ian Poulter sued the DP World Tour so that he could go play in the Scottish Open and he won, oh by the way, at least a temporary stay. It it could start to get to a point, Tom, where this thing gets litigious. I mean if if the if the majors and we know the PGA tour doesn't run the majors. But if Augusta National and the USGA and the RNA and the PGA of America were to get together and say, nope, none of the guys that have defected and gone over to the Live Tour, they are no longer allowed to play in our in the, in the four majors. And then we start to get the attorneys involved. I mean, this this could really, I mean, I get the personal things from player to player could get ugly. But boy, you start to get lawyers involved and this thing really starts to get Super ugly. Yeah, so let me answer on two different fronts there. First of all, Ian Poulter is what the English people call a wanker. Okay? And I'll leave it at that. He's a complete he's a complete wanker. Okay. Hey Poulter, I hope you're listening. You're a wanker. Okay? Give me a call, Poulter, you wanker. And that's number one. Number two is on the legal side, you're right, Chris. It, 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 and it's gonna happen. It's it, that's the first of, of many situations that will involve lawyers and, and courtrooms and, and rulings and and a tremendous amount of money being spent both on players' parts and on tournaments, tournament directors' parts and back and forth. It's it's you're right, it's gonna get incredibly again a whole nother front that we were just beginning to unravel and address. Um it, it's bad for golf. Okay. I have friends in, in my golf world that think the live tour is a great opportunity. And I look at them like, what the hell are you talking about? And they look at me like, don't you understand, Tom? So even even on my own front, on a personal front, because it's, it's creating a little bit of, of a divide. And, and I'm, listen, I have dug my heels in, not because of what it what it's doing to the PGA Tour. It has nothing to do with that for me. It has to do with who the studies are, period. It has to do with ethics and morals and how you treat human beings, um, both males and females. Uh, and in different cultures, and, and for me, I, I, I can't I can't accept it or condone it in any way, shape, or form. 
Uh, so let's move on to more positive conversation as we yes, look ahead. Yes, let's do that. Yes. <laughs> look ahead a couple of weeks to the Open Championship. Rumor has it, speaking of rumors, you played the old course, Tom. What's it like just trying to put a peg in the ground on the first tee of the old course? Because I, I think we shared this off air a little bit, and I'll go into a little more detail. You know, I. The, the golf's been everything to me, Chris, in my life. It's it's been my whole life. It's been it's kind of who I am and how I identify myself and how other people identify me. Um, and other than my my wife and my immediate family, it's the most important thing in the world. The game itself. The game is my best friend outside of my wife. It's 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 provided me with incredible joy and, and then some tragedy as well. And it's just been an emotional ride for me. So my dream was always to play. Uh, one of my dreams was always to play St. Andrews. And my first, I played several times now, but my first occasion when I went over, a good friend of mine, Jeff Paul at the USGA, arranged me to have a tour of the RNA, which was extremely special to me to get into the RNA and and uh, be shown around by by the by the curator. Uh, it was incredibly, just a, just an incredible happening for me to be able to get in there. I held the Clara jug, I held the Ryder Cup, and the great room and, and, and just through, uh, up to, up to the secretary's office and so forth. It's always incredible. So much so that when I came out, they had arranged me to play after, immediately after the tour. And this guy kind of speaks to who I am as far as what golf means to me. I, I walked onto the first tee and just out of nowhere, I didn't even feel it coming. I actually just broke down and started crying like a baby, like an absolute little child on the first tee. And, and the people who I was paired with who they had made this arrangement for me to play with but look at me like <laughs> it was my mind but it was so emotional for me to be there at the home of golf um and then after i played that day i walked across and through the village to the university of st andrews to the graveyard where both alan robinson old tom morris and young tom morris are buried it was kind of like a pilgrimage if you would um but it meant so much to me and, and to have it the uh, 150th open back there this year uh, it's it such a special thing for golf. It just means it means the world to me. It's just an incredible place. So you threw out the name Alan Robinson. Old Tom Morris, young Tom Morris, got it. Alan Robinson? Alan Robinson? So Alan Robinson, for those of you folks listening who don't know, and we've all, we're all heard about old Tom Morris and young Tom Morris, Alan Robinson actually preceded old Tom Morris and was his teacher, his mentor, and was the first keeper of the green of the links of St. Andrews. Uh, he was, he's considered the father of golf, if you will. Um, and, and, and the first, you know, the first club maker, champion, teacher, mentor. Um, so those of you who don't know anything about Alan Robinson, uh, you know, look him up and, and do some research. Um, there's a wonderful book out there by Stephen McDonald, who's considered the father of American golf called Scotland's Gift Golf. And if you haven't read it, it's a, it's my, it's my favorite golf book of all times. It has nothing to do with instruction. It has only to do with history and how, and, and how the game started, where it started and how it eventually got to, uh, to America. Um, but it's a, it's an incredible read and it's something if you're really a golfer, in my book, if you're really a golfer, it's a book that it's a must read. Tom, let's talk about what's going on as we lead up to the open. We just had the JP McManus Pro Am which got a lot of pub for players that were playing in it. One of them, oh, by the way, was Tiger Woods. Needed a golf cart to play. Shot 77-74. 
what is your take? You know, for Tiger, I certainly you want to have another one last run potentially at, at St. Andrews. We don't know how many years it's going to be before it comes back in the rotunda, typically somewhere in the neighborhood of five to seven years before we'll see it again. And who knows what his health will be like that, that far down the road. But is this sort of one last hurrah, do you think, for Tiger, since this is a flat golf course? Tough, you know, who knows what, where his leg will be nine months from now when we get all the way back around to Augusta National again. But I don't yeah. know. Chris, actually, just before we went on the air, um, I was watching the replay of, of the KP McManus on the Golf Channel and watched Tiger make a couple of swings and saw, saw that he was in a golf cart and, um, a damn manor is not a very hilly place either, you know, and yet he was not walking or not even trying to walk between shots in any way, shape, or form. Um, and clearly by the scores he shot, you know, the form is not tremendous. Um, I, you know, I, I say the same thing I always say to Chris, every time I have this guy dead and buried, he pulls a rabbit out of his hat, but I got to say, and I'm, I hate even doing this because I'm, I'm going to get mud all over my face again. I don't see it. I, I think we've really come to the end of the road. Uh, the scores that he shot at, at the earlier events at both Augusta and, and, and the PGA Championship were, were not very stellar, and nor did his form look stellar in any way, shape, or form. He, he looked like he was in a, a great deal of pain. Um, he didn't look like he was moving tremendously to me during the Brad test just before we went on tonight watching it. Um, I don't have a lot of high hopes for. Uh, any kind of miraculous endeavor this next week. Tom, switching gears, I want, I want to get a playing lesson or two from you on the mental side of the game. And I saw you commented on Twitter to a response to a video that the PGA Tour put out showing a player that had been sort of berating himself, missing a short putt, you know, kind of angry, you know, doing that negative self-talk that we do so often out on the golf course. And your reply was, attitude equals performance. You are what you believe you are. Talk about that. Yeah, you know, because I've been really, really blessed in my life to be around some people who are incredibly positive uh, in the coaching world, sports psychology world. Uh, two people that come to mind immediately with this question. Jay Wright, the just recently retired coach at Villanova, wrote a book called Attitude. Jay's a good buddy of mine and probably one of the most positive human beings on the planet. Um, Every, the glass is always half full with Jay Wright, always half full. And there's always a way to get better. There's always, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, that's just the way Jay lives his life, the way he coaches, and the way he, way he is day to day. Um, and, I, and we've sat down and talked about it a lot as far as performance. You know, uh, you, you, you can't play positively in any sport with, with, with bad self-taught or bad attitude. You just, you, it's just not possible. Bad attitude does not equal good golf. Okay. And then the other person who I've been blessed to know for, you know, almost, <laughs> almost 40 years now. And funny, we've kind of been reunited here at uh, Farmington in Charlottesville is Dr. Bob Rotella, who's a good buddy. And, and he's actually a member of Farmington. And we've spent time pre my Farmington years together on, on numerous occasions. And now, uh, actually, it was just over his house a couple of weeks ago and sat down and had some questions for him about my own golf game and my own my own mental attitude and, and how I should view things at 63 years old as far as senior golf is concerned. And, you know, Doc is, again, like Jay, 
just so so damn positive about everything. So why not? Why do, why why can't you do it? What's the what would make you think you couldn't do it? You've done it before. Why can you do it again? And in, in the famous thing that Jay Hoslin said to me too, the great player on the on the Champions Tour and PGA Tour previously, he said to me one time, he said, "You know, Tom, the golf ball doesn't know how old you are." <laughs> and I've always remembered that. <laughs> I, I just think, I just think that you know, so many of my junior players, you know, play one bad event and they put their finger on the panic button. And and Paul Hazinger said something really great to me, so profound. A couple of years back, we were sitting talking about golf and. You know, playing good and playing bad. He said, you know, Tom, when you're, when you're playing bad, you never think you're going to play good again. And when you're playing good, you never think you're going to play bad again. And the truth is, neither one of those things are true. It's all a big cycle. And golf is a difficult game with a lot of moving parts at a high rate of speed. The guy who recovers the quickest is the guy who takes his hand off the panic button the soonest. And I've always remembered that by Paul and, and, and the great insights from both Jay Wright and Bob Rotella. And I think every day we put our feet on the floor out of bed because we have a, we have a choice we can make, and and I, and I just choose that that my glass is half full. It's very very simple. I just think that's the best way to be successful. So take that a step further, Tom. I mean, Ben Hogan always used to say the most important shot in golf is the next one. How do we compartmentalize, you know, a bad shot and just put it in the back of our mind to go, okay, now I've got to go play this shot because we hit it in the woods or put it in a bunker or in the deeper, whatever it is. How do we compartmentalize that? Let that go, move forward and now say to ourselves, I got this next shot. I can put this one on the green. I can make par from here. How do we do that on a consistent basis? Well, I think the, I think the first thing you have to understand, Chris, right away is, is there's two things you can't control. You can't control the future. It hasn't happened yet. And you can't control the past because it's already happened. The only thing you can control is the present. The only thing you have any any semblance of control about is the, is the present, where you are presently. And I think in golf, it's so easy to get ahead of ourselves. See, if I make if I make par in seventeen and eighteen, I'm going to break eighty, or I'm going to break hundred for the first time. Or, see, I can't believe I made that damn double bogey back on fifteen. How stupid am I? I can't believe I did. And you're carrying it forward with you. So I, I think one of the things you've got to do. And you call it the carpet, you know, putting it in a compartment. Is you've got to understand that the only thing you have control of is the present, and you can't you can't live in the past, and you can't look into the future. It's not possible. Okay, it's not possible. So, I, I think good players, two things: good players have very short memories. <laughs> they they don't they don't carry things forward. Uh, or and and. A good buddy of mine, Mike Bickley, was a great club professional in New York and a very fine player, played a bunch of senior majors and won a bunch of tournaments in the Mets section. He and I grew up together. And, and Mike has a 30-second rule. After he, hit a, after he hits a crappy shot, you have 30 seconds to be pissed off. If you want to be pissed off, you have 30 seconds. You have a 30-second rule. After 30 seconds, you got to check back in. That's the rule. Um, and, he, and he lives at that rule and does really well with it because he's got a little bit of a temper. But he might get pissed off for thirty seconds, and then he clicks it. He clicks the switch. He's back in, and you got to do that as a player if you're going to be successful. You can't you can't be dragging things through the mud for two and three holes. You're you're going to spin recklessly out of control, and it's going to be over. Tom, one of the things you mentioned is looking ahead, and we're both baseball fans. You know, the the one thing you don't do in, easy, in baseball easy, on any level, easy, easy. One now, thing you don't easy. do. 
is when the pitcher's got a no-no going, you don't ever talk to him about it. Most of the times, you don't even sit near him. But our buddies, when we're playing, boy, Chris, you're playing great. You know what? If you par these last two holes, you'll break 80. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate that. How do we get ourselves back in the moment when our buddies have just let us know that we're about to shoot the round of our lives? You know, I, I tell my juniors all the time, my college players, my, 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 my professional players that I coach, you know, your mental ability to stay in the present, your ability to stay positive, your ability to put things away that are done uh, is a skill, just like chipping and pitching is a skill, just like driving the golf ball is a skill, just like being a good putter is a skill. Your, your, your ability to be mentally strong and be present on the golf course in the present only, not the future or the past, is a skill. And it's something that takes practice. And some people learn it, uh, you know, in over a period of time and mature into that ability. And some people never learn because you know, they don't really think of it as a skill. They just think it's like something that's going to just come eventually. I think it's a practice it. Um, I, I, I think that skill um, is something that can be learned. Uh, can be developed. Uh, I think just like anything else in life, Chris, golf is so much like life. I think you need a very thick skin to play golf well. Uh, you know, almost a little coat of armor, if you will. You know, life throws curveballs at us all the time. You and I have had, uh, we've had some off-air conversations about things in our lives that weren't very pleasant with, with health issues with relatives and friends and stuff like that. And those are, those are tough, those are tough things we get thrown at all the time. Well, golf throws things that's on the golf course all the time. They're called double bogeys and it's called bad swings. And those of us who learn the skill and develop a thicker skin are, are usually the ones that, that rise to the top. Tom, before I let you go, Bob Griffith is my next guest, and I know the two of you know each other really well. Anything you want to share about Bob? Bob Griffith, Chris, is... Um, He's really an incredible cat. Uh, Chris and I have known each other through social media first and now in person for a number of years now. And, uh, you know, he came to me late, later in my teaching life. Um, and I can tell you with all the people I've been blessed to work with in my life and, and learn from, and I, and I've been, Chris, I've been blessed. Ledbetter, McLean, Toski, Flick, Drospa, uh, Mike Herbrin. I mean, I, I'm going to leave people out. I don't mean to do that. Bob Ford. I'm not trying to leave anybody out. I, 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 list, I can stay on here for 15 minutes, but the people who have helped me in my career uh, and mentored me, and, and I couldn't be anywhere near where I am without all of those people and all they've done for me. John Kennedy at Westchester. Uh, Mike Diffley, who I mentioned previously. Um, Bob Grissett is, is one of the greatest positions the TP fold of all time. He, he's a brilliant guy. He's a thoughtful guy. He's he's a he's an incredible teaching mind, coaching mind. He is just his talent runs so deep, and I have so much respect for the guy. He's so passionate about what he does, uh, and he's been later in my life a huge influence on me. I called him just last week one night about 10.30 at night. He picked up the phone. I had a question for him about my own golf game. Uh, when I look for information or I look for help uh, with my own game, I, we're all, all still trying to get better every single day. 
he's the guy that I call. He's the first guy that I call right now in my life. Um, wow. Uh, so you're, you're blessed to have him on your show. I love the guy dearly. Please give him my best. Um, I, 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 the guy's just a tremendous human being and, and a guy that I, I really dig talking to about the golf swing and, and just a quality guy. So you're, you're really blessed just to have him on. So please give him my best. Absolutely, Will, and you're 100% right that I am blessed to have him on, and I'm looking forward to getting to him here in just a moment. TP, before I let you go, remind our listeners all the places that they can find you, whether it's on your website and it's on social media. I could care less about where they can find me, Chris. I wanted to say again, as I, I said the last <laughs> times I've been on, I'm so happy for you with that uh, with that podcast poll. Um, you put so much into this. We We are all blessed to be part of your show. Uh, you're, you're the best at what you do, and I hope that uh, somebody out there recognizes that and we move this thing to the next level for you because you deserve it, pal. I appreciate that very much, TP. I love you, my friend. Stay safe. All the best to you and uh, and your family. Look forward to catching up with you again in a couple weeks. You got it, pal. Tell Griff I said hi. I absolutely will do it. Take care, Tom. Thanks, buddy. That is the great Tom Patrick, and I'm going to tell you how you can follow Tom. TomPatry.com is his website, at TomPatryGolf on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're not in the Virginia, West Virginia, or D.C. areas and can get over to Farmington Country Club to see Tom in person, download the V1 video app, get a video of your golf swing, choose Tom as your instructor, and get him to help you through the app. He is going to take your game to all new levels this summer. Tom is a fantastic guy, as you guys know. I love that guy. He is so tremendous coming on the show every other week and giving us tips and insights and perspectives. Tom is just a wonderful human being. You're going to be glad you're working with him, and it's going to be reflected in how much your scores improve.